0: This is the Love Swoon podcast, powered by Love Admin's easy-to-use software that reduces your organisation's admin and increases its income. Find out more at www.loveadmin.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the Love Swoon podcast, it's me Clive Marquis, again and this week I have Emily Saunders with us, um, say hello Emily
1: hello nice to meet
0: you, everyone <laughs> so emily is a registered sports nutritionist and she works at cardinal performance swimming as well it's a bit like Amy we had on last week so yeah we're just hitting those different um wider angles at the moment so seeing outside of that swimming coaching area and what we can do outside the pool as well as in the pool bits of that so of course as we said emily nutritionist um tell us a little bit about you tell us about um Your aquatics history and bits of that, and um, then of course, tell us why nutrition.
1: Yeah, so I guess I kind of got into aquatics, the same as most people do, just starting to learn to swim. I think I started when I was like three years old and just kind of building my way up to swim school, and then eventually got asked to do a few little club sessions, but it didn't really kind of fit in for me. I think it just wasn't, I'm very like nervous in terms of new environments. I think it was just a bit too much at the time. Um, So I kind of pushed my way towards diving and that's kind of where I've been ever since so I started diving I think I was eight years old and I went through all the way through to national age groups and national schools and eventually left competing diving when I was 18 years old and um, so I went to uni and do my undergrad and that was in sport and exercise science at the University of Portsmouth and I think at the time I didn't really know what kind of area of sports science I really wanted to go into so it was definitely a nice idea to kind of get experience from different kind of areas talking at biomechanics psychology eventually nutrition and obviously physiology as well and I think it didn't really click until maybe second or third year where we had a few modules in nutrition I thought actually this is something that I really enjoy or something I was really good at and um, eventually ended up pursuing my master's in Loughborough in sport and exercise nutrition and now i registered sports nutritionist but in terms of my aquatics kind of side I still volunteer coaching I still help out at different events um I'm a national level judge so you if anyone's diving off you see me at um recently junior elite schools of age groups and skill levels. so a whole wide range of abilities and I love to still be part of the sport and I still love to swim as well just in my spare time I think it's just a nice kind of um aquatics is just I just feel so much at home in that kind of space and it's just something. I really enjoy.
0: No, for sure. I think that's really interesting that you've you've definitely still got a, your foot in the door of it all, basically. Probably more in it than it was before when you're actually competing.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I've definitely met some amazing people, like some of the older generations who have so much experience within the sport, even just um, like high-level judges. But people who are my age in the early twenties, just starting out in their kind of side of the sport. But behind the back, you don't often see them. You don't see them on the board. You see them just behind the scenes helping out and volunteering at events and it's very much a volunteer kind of sport there's not much money in the sport and it's kind of nice to see how we can all come together to make the best like possible performance we can have
0: yeah for sure I think that's really interesting I think that's one thing that diving and swimming may have in common is the lack of funding
1: (laughs) yes definitely
0: (laughs) there is no money in any of it but yeah I think that's uh, so interesting um way so moving on to our main topics of the kind of like what we're going to go on but it's so this sound we're going to start with all, of course the basics for all those out there but what is nutrition so why is nutrition important um and how can it affect us negatively or positively because of course it's such a big ranging topic
1: yeah i think nutrition is such even just defining nutrition is so hard i think it's just anything that you put into your body like you consume you can drink and just how it can affect your health your growth your and eventually cutting down those small little details to increase your performance so I think just making sure you have a healthy body in order to train in order to compete is just kind of the main kind of priorities and then kind of knocking it down so if you end up having an inadequate nutrition you're then looking at well how is this going to affect my injury risk? How is this going to um, affect me being able to train, being able to attend training? And then with a reduced hour of training, are you able to be at those high level competitions and kind of seeing how those small details can have an impact on your overall performance? And nutrition isn't often seen as one of the main kind of components of performance I often see. I think is most people look towards the coaches and your s coaches and then Obviously physiology as well. Um, last week, but also nutrition. I think most people don't really have much experience with a nutritionist or a physiologist, and it's just being able to provide that support to get those small details um, is so important. Um, but I guess if you're looking at how performance can affect you negatively, you're kind of looking at how. Um, so whether you're overeating or undereating could be quite a huge topic, I guess, if you're looking at kind of that kind of area. So. Being able to just have the correct amount of calories in order to complete training. So if you're looking at elite athlete, you're probably looking at between consuming or expending, I think between 4,000 to 5,000 calories. And that's a huge amount compared to like your average adult. Um, if you think about even just an, um, an amateur swimmer, you wouldn't be looking at that kind of amount. So just kind of being able to adapt your diet and being able to adapt how you can consume those calories um, as you progress up the difficulty, but I guess, also the main thing is where you get your information from um, yeah. obviously as a registered sports nutritionist I've done a master's degree and have a huge amount of knowledge but if you're looking at on Instagram you see so many pages of people intending to know <coughs> excuse me what what they actually believe they know but they don't know the detail that we know and it's just being able to acknowledge where you can find that information and just knowing where um, you kind of stand and find that information whether that be um just websites where you know they are knowledgeable and just talking to people where you think you might know where you can find that information be really useful as a, yeah. just a, a swimmer
0: no I, I i can see that i think that's um that's so important i think and another way let's put this in even more basic terms so you saying we need to expend um a certain we're expending a certain amount of calories we need to make sure we're putting in those calories and i do know i felt foul of this when i was younger if, I was swimming all these hours, God sent 20 hours a week, hitting 70K weeks, and then consuming a packet of crisps, if you know what I mean. Like, it wasn't really (laughs) doing me any favors. So, in that sense, if we, if I, let's say, throughout the day, I've consumed two and a half thousand calories, which, if I'm right in saying, I may be wrong here, you're the expert, that's about the baseline for an adult who's not doing anything. Yeah. Two and a half. So, let's say I've consumed two and a half thousand calories. Um, but on that day, I've trained, done a double, done a double training session, and lifted in that day, um, which is a pretty standard day for most people out. Like yes. um, what what's happening to my body because I've not fueled it correctly? Let's put it that way.
1: Well, I guess the first thing to be that you're, you're going to notice your poor energy levels if you're not going to be um, consuming the right amount of calories. But then how that proportion of the calories. So if you're looking at a proportion of the plate, where's the calories coming from? Is it coming from carb sources? Is it becoming from processed fats or um, processed foods? How does that differ in terms of energy? I think we all know processed foods aren't the best option for you, but yes, calories in and calories out. It's just looking at how the proportion of the diet can come from the correct sources. Um, But then over time, if you're gradually, (coughs) excuse me, if you are gradually causing that calorie reduction, you're going to potentially make see signs of losing weight. You may see signs of um like niggly shoulders or um knees. Um it's just being able to notice the signs where you might potentially need some help and um how you can notice and talk with your coach to see potentially where you can get that education from. I think that's kind of the main point to take away from that.
0: Yeah, no I, I can see I think that's important. So I I do think and I'm sure as you've already said you would agree this is this is a, maybe a problem that could be quite seen a lot at that age group level of soon, where that idea of fueling your exercise is not always there.
1: Yeah, and also I'm sure most people go to school, they have university classes to attend. It's just the time to be able to, yes, you might be out and about and just grab a packet, might grab a meal deal from the shop and just being able to find those healthier choices. Like, do you have time to buy the ingredients to make a stir fry or something else to take home and then Make that yourself rather than going for the something that you may grab and go on the way um, home. I think that's yeah,
0: that, that meal planning kind of.
1: Yes, definitely. I think obviously swimming schedule is such a heavy schedule. I think you've got to know when your training sessions are throughout the day, when you're going to eat, whether it be pre- before school, after school, um, before classes, before work, um, what you're going to eat after training to make sure you're getting the energy levels back up to where they were before but also hydration i think mean, if you think about it, in a swimming pool you don't see yourself sweating you you just you're in a pool like you can't visually see how much fluid you're actually losing i think you'd be quite surprised how much you've got to kind of put that into your body to be back to a hydrated status i think
0: yeah no i i it's a bit I, I,
1: different I, to running
0: yeah yeah very much so like um no i i can see it. i think that yeah as you say yeah again that's also a bit of an epidemic of not drinking yes. enough but okay the, this is off topic slightly so um on pool side we have a mixture so i i i personally just drink water but i've seen people um on pool side with um sort of like Gatorades protein mm-hmm. shakes um i've seen some protein shake and milk which is i i am not quite sure how that's going but
1: <laughs> so protein you often want to say for after training so protein would be yeah, using it to, um, rebuild the muscles that you've potentially damaged and create the adaptations from the training. So save the protein for afterwards, but for actual sports drinks, you're kind of, I mean, you can make your own sports drinks. It's just as long as it has um, some sort of sugar or, um, salt kind of as electrolyte booster. So kind of, as long as you get those fluids in water is probably a good source, but if you want to add squash, then that's totally fine. Um, and sports drinks can definitely be useful in a heavy training day.
0: Yeah okay no I, I think that's interesting so okay we'll move on to our, our next one so sort of like what should um well we've kind of a little bit discussed this but what should our nutrition look like on a training day so what kind of foods are we eating um bits like that like what what are, what should we eat as we go through our training days yeah.
1: So I kind of like to think of it as like imagining like a plate. So imagining the proportions of a plate to make up which food groups. And I'm sure many people see the eat well plate and they know all the different food groups. But um, so the majority of a swimmer's diet should be carbohydrates. So carbohydrates are basically the fuel source that we need to do many forms of activity, whether it be swimming, maybe be in the gym, um, or even just going on a light jog. Um, can be a. It's the main fuel source that you need. Um, in a diet so you're probably looking at probably about a quarter of a plate each meal so each meal should contain carbs protein and some source of fruit and veg so carbohydrates such as pastas rice potatoes um, even lentils are such a good source but um, making sure that's part of each meal but also perhaps having carbohydrate snacks throughout the day so having smaller lighter meals potentially if you've got Lots of training blocks throughout the day can be important, Um, but then making sure that you replenish those stores straight after training. And then if you move on to protein, I think as I discussed earlier, it's basically just using the protein source as the building blocks to create the muscles. So um, if you've had a hard training session and you've um, kind of damaged the muscles slightly, it's using the protein to repair and grow the muscles. So you're able to get stronger and Um, build those muscles over time. So protein would often make up around about a quarter of a plate um, each meal. So you're looking at all like meat sources, so chicken, salmon, um, red meat sources, but also like tofu and your beans and kind of pulses are also great sources too, but also nuts. Uh, Most people don't think of nuts, but nut butters and nut kind of sources are also important. Um, and then you're aiming to have protein as well after each training session so around about 20 grams of protein um, straight after within like an hour of each training block um, to immediately replenish those stores which is particularly more important when you might have several training blocks throughout the day um and then you're kind of moving on to fruit and veg which mostly takes up about a quarter of a plate so Um, as a minimum so you want to kind of get a range of fruit and veg. so using like a range of colors would be like greens um you get things like your purple broccoli and different kind of carrots I think that would be a good kind of example but you're getting like a range of color also demonstrates that you're getting the range of amino acids which make the um sorry completely wrong topic makes the range of um like multi vitamins and minerals and kind of um make to basically fruit and veg is like the main source for like your immunity and your health so making sure that if you have um like a high poor level of micronutrients you're then putting yourself more at risk of even particularly now like covid you're eventually more at risk of the severity of your illness and making sure that you're um potentially have the immunity support that you need especially on high training days um and also fruit and veg to be as a great source of fiber so making sure that fiber is obviously part of your diet so but as a minimum a quarter of a fruit and veg which most people struggle with five portions of fruit and veg a day so making sure you get those five portions is particularly important and then obviously the final thing is fat so fat is often used as a fuel source instead of carbs being fuel source for higher intensity exercise it's more for the low intensity so walking around even just energy for just lying in bed or on your phone i think most people definitely see that as an energy source, but you can probably looking around about 20% of um, your whole diet. So around less than 20% is probably a good starting point. Um, but some great sources of so you're looking at your healthy and unhealthy fats. So your healthy fats are probably more like your nuts or avocados are also great sources too. And then obviously yeah. if you have a higher duration or high intensity exercise, the proportions may change slightly, so you may be looking at a bigger portion of the whole plate. You may be looking at um, the proportions may slightly change, but overall, that is kind of like a standard of a third carbs, a quarter protein, and a quarter fruit and veg is kind of a main starting point.
0: Okay, I, t- here you go. I've got a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. So with, we're talking about the proteins and bits like that. Um, I've always i've i've heard, and of course, you're, this is where you can prove me wrong. Like um, so how me personally run it i kind of go okay i need to i think when i did some maths i'm looking at 170 grams of protein a day which i know is quite a lot um so this is where you can probably tell me i'm wrong or not <laughs> um so i try and okay my maths is gonna be out here it's like but i try and hit 20 grams five times a day like spread it out a little bit um is that the way forward or am i barking up the wrong trees or
1: that's definitely a good start but i mean like 20 grams is probably a, definitely a good portion i think that's definitely you're on the right track there so that's really good <laughs>
0: <There's> a <sorry. laughs> but no but then, I, go on
1: sorry i was just gonna say then obviously if you're the proportion may change so if you're having before a training session you're probably looking at a quarter so maybe like one portion it's so like one chicken breast but then if you're looking at potentially after training you may increase that to one and a half chicken breasts or two chicken breasts depending on how hungry you can eat, or how much you can eat. Um, but um, so just making those proportion changes on your plate to have to reflect the time of the day and whether obviously that can completely change depending on how your schedule could be. So you may have training in the morning and like first thing, but also a training session in the evening. So just making yourself fueled throughout the day. <clears throat> so having even just carbohydrates, small snacks throughout the day to make sure you still have the energy levels. For that last training session at the end of the day is so important
0: yeah no i i can see that and um, yeah again i've got another question i've, I've got so many questions today <laughs> um another question so um for put this in a bit of context why i ask these questions. so um i i train for the 53 which means we spend mm-hmm. a lot of time in the gym and less time swimming the aerobic work which means that we're a little bit more speed and power and bits like that so I find that my protein, my carb, my carb levels are slightly lower than maybe most would have it. So I'm more phased on that strength and power bits that. So, Mm -hmm. but one thing, um, I did neglect my carbs at one point a little bit, and I found that's probably not beneficial more because if I'm right in saying the carbs will be eaten up first and then when they run out of the carbs, they'll move into the proteins, which then means the proteins aren't being used to recover from the exercise that i have been doing which then turns them into energy source am i completely uh, somewhat, off track here somewhat, somewhat. Yes, here so, we go right so you can prove um, me wrong
1: <laughs> so i guess the way to look at it is that your protein i mean your carbohydrate stores are the main fuel source for predominantly most exercise in general so Yes, you're looking at higher intensities, but also a proportion is made up of the lower intensities, and then you're kind of moving into the fat stores. So once you've finished all the carbohydrate stores, you're going to be looking towards the fat stores rather than the protein stores. But then the fat stores are poor efficiency, so it's used for the lower intensity, so it's slower kind of regeneration, so it takes a while to kind of fill up the stores. Whereas to so kind of pushing into the wrong. kind of not as efficient in creating your energy so without those carbohydrate stores you're kind of poor performance you're going to be a bit slower it's just going to be like a draining of performance so if you think like a battery it's just going to be draining down um as you lose those carbohydrate stores
0: so the rule of the game is don't don't sack off on your carbs basically (laughs) no carbs are
1: fuel (laughs)
0: right no okay so i think that's one thing to make because i do there was definitely a point where i was hammering the protein but not, none of the carbs and yeah didn't didn't face well yeah. that was my own uh, i think it's important
1: just to have each plate should have a proportion of each food group that's kind of the main take-home message i would say um yeah. don't skip on make sure obviously you have fruit and veg, but don't skip on carbs or protein that's kind of the main two
0: yeah no for sure definitely okay so um as I said, following on a similar similar line um, of the last question when we talk about training and stuff, race day is always a little bit different or diving day, competition day, whatever, the day when we've got to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, Nutrition is always going to be a bit different. I've heard some people say they don't like eating as much, but is that the right way to go or do we actually need to be making sure we're still in the same calories we would in training to be able to compete on a full like more energised? Or
1: Yeah. So I would say a meal this is a completely personal choice like some people would have their pre-race meal let's say two to four hours is kind of the bracket now some people like to have that <clears throat> closer to the four hours because they prefer to have an emptier stomach they don't like to feel so full and so um like heavy I guess Whereas some people are looking closer to the two hours but that also depends I guess on how much or how quickly your body can take in that fuel and what you're eating So if you kind of go back to the same proportions of the plate I guess we're looking at potentially increasing carbohydrates all the way up to half a plate um, rather than a third just to kind of you kind of you're definitely going to need that energy that's going to be where um, your your focus should be having some source of protein and fruit and veg but most of the um, focus should be on the carbs you're looking at slow releasing carbs so whole grains um so making up that kind of proportion from the whole grains, you're getting that slow energy over the day and over those two to four hours. And then that also depends on, so you have a heat in the beginning of the um, session and then also a final later in the session, you want to have some source of, whether that be like a carb gel or a carb drink, some source of carb snack to kind of replenish your stores straight before a race. Um, So you're, and also between races ahead. say you have a huge schedule. So you want to have perhaps the lighter meals between each race so you have um replenish those stores throughout but carbohydrate is the main way to go in terms of calories you're kind of looking potentially a little bit more calories just because carbs are quite high calorific in terms of um the nutrient content but in terms of how that relates to training day you're looking fairly similar it's just the proportions of the plate you're just going to change slightly but obviously making sure that you're hydrated so optimum performance is needed
0: yeah, no, I, I think that's really interesting. Of course, um, I do find that some people don't, um, don't prioritise their nutrition on race day. If not, we're getting up with race, and-
1: and then... Yeah, you're always nervous. I think I definitely found, like, being nervous, ready for a competition, I've, I struggled to eat anything at all. And I think even if you just got something in your stomach, I think that was beneficial to me. But once you get practising and um, definitely become more competent at you know, competitions... you'd be able to prioritize your nutrition
0: is it so okay this is maybe more of a psychology question actually but um is there a way that we can train our bodies better to hold our to be able to eat so we can can, on race days i don't know whether this is I'm not
1: sure about that no that would be interesting though i think that's definitely from just from experience just maybe even like practice competition so you know, no it's not the same psychological demand but practicing that kind of um, schedule or your schedule and the stress I think may be beneficial for some individuals
0: yeah I think, like, I, of course I don't know whether that's outside of your remit or not, but, Probably not. <laughs> but yeah it's kind of like uh, in my head I was sat there going because I know some people say they can't eat like before uh, early in the morning or bits like that but I've always seemed to thought if I can force myself and get that routine going, yeah. come bigger comps, I'll just be there to eat and off we go. But, I mean...
1: <laughs> I mean, you're always going to be nervous for a competition. It's just how you're able, psychologically able, I guess, to cope with that.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, no, it's, that, that's, that's an interesting point, that. Okay, now, ego, another way to put it, we talked about sort of like generally about what we'd eat but let's let's bring that on a bit more yet yeah, again a bit more realism so mm-hmm. you're you used to die you come to that competition day what what would um you wake up in the morning what let's go through your food out through that day
1: yeah so i guess if you're up in the morning you're probably looking at maybe a good source would be maybe porridge so high carb and then you'll be able to add fruit and vegetables like your bananas add your um maybe some protein butter, a small glass of um, orange juice, I think would be a nice kind of meal. And I think porridge is one of those things that you can adapt so easily to different flavor combinations and add the little toppings and each source of carbohydrate is able to add up. So even the small glass of orange juice will add up some sort of carbs and you eventually realize that it's not too difficult to reach the optimum kind of level, I think that you need. And that's definitely, Perhaps some people struggle to kind of see how does that on your plate transform into what was needed on paper and it's just being able to visually, visually see what you need to eat. But then I guess if you're eating late in the day, maybe something like pasta or rice, um, like a spaghetti bolognese is pretty simple, but a great source of protein, carb and fruit and veg.
0: Okay, yeah, no, I get it. And so, but as you progress through the day so you, you've had that for breakfast um you've moved to you're at the pool whatever you're co- constantly eating as you said some sort of carbohydrates or sort, sort of like let's say let's some um some ideas like jellies or like yeah. I don't
1: know. <laughs> so, yeah. no I've actually suggested haribots before and people often see yes it's yes it's sugar but sugar is what you need and that if you're having it straight before a race like that is the instant sugar spike that you need to kind of reach optimally but um there obviously are other options i mean even simply like having a banana that's um you're looking between 20 and 30 grams of carb in just like a medium sized banana so if you're looking for the healthier options then yes. <laughs> um but even things like dried fruit is a great carb snack um and it's something that you can definitely have on poor side. Um, it's not going to go even just the environmental conditions and food. I think even as a safety concern, then dried fruit is definitely a good option.
0: No, yeah, for sure. I most love dried fruit, it's all over that stuff. Um, yeah, I think um yeah, it's a really interesting point and in how we can fuel ourselves and move forward. Okay, so the la- the last question, of course, is a bit of a fun kind of question, mm-hmm. but of course we all uh, we all love food. Um but as a nutritionist you must have some decent recipes you've got to be an all right cook I assume so (laughs) like so let's let's hear your favorite recipe for like gains and recovery like how
1: I think one I've definitely kind of got into recently is like a sticky salmon stir-fry so like having just like, like a typical stir fry like lots of vegetables and like your noodles and then having a fillet of salmon with like sticky like honey soy sauce and just put that under the grill and like gently like brush the mixture over to this on the salmon and make it all sticky and like crispy it's so good and the, then obviously fish is like a great source of protein and omega three so you're kind of getting the two in one but that's been great and then you can obviously you can adapt a recipe so everyone thinks you've got to have a specific recipe for like um like before or after training, you can adapt a recipe very easily. But if you wanted to have more protein, add more salmon or add um, less carbs, take away a few noodles. I think that's definitely a nice option. Um, and then I think another great recipe that is kind of like a hidden gem, I think, is rice pudding because rice pudding is that you think rice has high um, carb, and then the milk that you make to make rice pudding. It's obviously, protein, so you have your protein and the carb. I think that's kind of a nice snack to have, and a little bit of nutmeg, make it oh, nice. a little bit
0: of nutmeg,
1: <laughs> As a little like warm, it's so nice and warm. I think definitely, you know, in these cold nights, I think just walking back from a pool or driving back from a pool, I think rice pudding when you get home is a nice kind of warming <laughs> gift.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna try that one. I'm really interested about the salmon, actually. You said so, honey, soy sauce, yeah, and I
1: think. I've got a website on my website. I've got my um, recipe. So, Emily Saunders Nutrition.co.uk.
0: The nice little plug can be put in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, perfect. Well, I'll, we'll definitely be looking at that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try I'm <laughs> cooking tonight anyway. So, uh,
1: <laughs> nice.
0: But no, great. So, I think that's really interesting. I think I was really informed as so well. I think people listening to this will be really interested in like, listening through this and this information because it's definitely something that we can all. Um, learn from improve because as much as as you said um sports science is that everyone looks at performance as being what we're doing in the pool or in the training environment whatever that may be um but of course we can do so much more outside of it and if we haven't got this sorted there's no building blocks to build anything on so we're a bit
1: nutrition nutrition if you think about nutrition or physiology could be the difference between like you finishing second or first it could be that huge even if it's like a like a small proportion of a second in your race it could be that could be the difference they could make
0: yeah no i agree i mean i whenever i okay I'm, I'm no expert in this at all um but whenever i try and simplify it for some of the kids that um i teach them a bit like you can't drive a car without any petrol so uh, no. you're not going to be able <laughs> yeah. to uh, turn up to the pool and go anywhere if you haven't filled out your car so yeah
1: but yeah I like I think, that. that's a good idea i like that one
0: you like that one? Oh, okay <laughs> I've done something right here. Yeah, we got it yeah. <laughs> but yeah I think um as you said that is such a key um key important section so um definitely something for everyone to be listening into so as we all said let's you plug plug away you've got to you want to plug away um as you said your your own website and besides so feel free the floor is yours
1: yeah you can find me on instagram at emily saunders nutrition and my website emily and go check it out
0: nice sorted and uh you can also check out all the uh the cardinal links as well can't we
1: yes definitely
0: bingo right okay (laughs) no great um well thank you so much for coming on and as i said guys um if you uh want to listen to more about this you can follow the conversations on the love swimming um facebook groups and we have daily posts going on and they're um talking about all kinds of things so definitely get on that bandwagon um podcasts will be coming again um throughout the weeks as we go um lots of new guests coming on so definitely very really interesting and stay tuned for that um once again thank you so much emily for coming on
1: thank you for having me